Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Got Clutter? Get Organized. I am your host, Janet M. Taylor, and I want to say hello if you are a regular listener, and welcome if you're listening for the very first time. And hello to all of you who will be listening via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Player.fm Radio, Podbean, and, of course, my blog talk radio community. I hope you are having a great start to your week, and today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. And you can get a free audiobook of your choice by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. And of course, later I will be sharing my audiobook selection of the week. Well, tonight you will hear my interview author James Sudakow, and he is the author of Out of the Blur, A Delirious Dad Search for the Holy Grail of the Work-Life Balance. So you'll be sure to not only get your um, sit back and listen, but you might want to get a pen and some paper as well because he gives some great, great strategies. And of course, I will be sharing my product suggestion, my app suggestion, and my repurpose suggestion for this week. But before we get to that, question of the week, which I posted on social media was, name one thing you did to plan for the coming week. And of course, Teresa, she's getting her pedicure, manicure, her waxing, because she's getting ready for a trip. Then Madalena, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, so I apologize if I'm not, she's making sure she has enough groceries for healthy meals every day. And she was also preparing what she was going to wear the next day. And then Penny said she is updating her calendar. So I always thank you so much for um, just giving some insight as well as answering the question of the week. And you can always answer the question of the week, which is posted on Sunday on my social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. So for next week's question um, coming up, well, This week, we are talking about time management, and I wanted to just kind of do a little Google search and find out when the first clock was invented. And it says, while devices to measure time have existed for thousands of years, the first mechanical clock was created in 1725 in China. That was the first clock to use an escapement mechanism rather than relying on the flow of water to measure time, which brings us to Sir James Sudakow. We're talking about mastering your time, and he is a creative thinking business leader and um, an author offering strategies, insight, and unique perspectives on navigating the corporate gauntlet. He is the author 
of the new book, which I just mentioned, Out of the Blur, A Delirious Dad Search for the Holy Grail of the Work-Life Balance, which tells his story of building and running a small business while running, while raising a family. Previously, he wrote, Packing the Low-Hanging Fruit and Other Stupid Stuff We Say in the Corporate World, a humorous corporate glossary also with illustration by Kale. Before starting his consultancy, Sudakal held leadership roles in several global multi-billion dollar organizations across the technology and healthcare industries. He received his undergraduate degree from the University of Southern California and his master's degree from the University of Arizona. And he and his wife are raising four kids, along with one dog, one rabbit, and seven chickens in San Diego, California. So now I am going to be sharing my interview with Mr. James Sudakow. Well, listeners, I am excited because it is spring, spring cleaning, and part of that is probably going through your schedule, your time, and everything else. So I'm excited because I have the author whose book I have, Out of the Blur, A Delirious Sad Search for the Holy Grail of Work-Life Balance. Isn't it nice to have a male point of view on this? We always get the female's point of view. So we have author James Sudakow. Thank you, James, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And hopefully you got my Monty Python reference there with the Holy Grail. That's the most important thing that I want to come out of this discussion today. (laughs) (laughs) So my question to you is, what made you write this book? Because usually we hear the the female, but you wrote this book, and it was like from a dad's perspective. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I am... so I'm the sole financial provider for my family. I'm happily married, and we have four kids that we're raising. And so, you know, my life was pretty much what I would describe as, you know, kind of chaos. I was running around all over the place. And part of the reason I was running around all over the place was because, of course, I had my financial responsibility for the house. But I did not want to be an absentee husband, and I did not want to be an absentee parent. Um, I see a lot of that stuff, and I just did not want any part of that. Like, to me, and this is, this will sound a little bit cheesy, but um, being a dad has been like the coolest thing that could have ever happened to, to me in all regards. I mean, even the hard times, it's like, like this is what's important in life. And so um, I got to pay the bills and I like running my company, but at the same time, like I got to figure out how do I actually make it work so that I'm not the collateral damage here, which is essentially what was happening. I was trying to get everything done for everybody on all fronts and would walk around as my wife would describe it as like dilapidated, which is a pretty strong word, but I think that's kind of what it was. And I had to figure out, how do I do this better so that I'm not compromising my need and like really important thing to me to be a good husband and a good dad, but also so that I could still run my business in a sustainable way. So, you know, I'm bringing in the money. And so I had to think very differently about that. And um, that's what got me kind of like motivated to see like, what could I do differently? There are so many things when we talk about work-life balance that feel like they're out of your control. And I always think about like, I can't control what's going on in, you know, the macro business world. I can't control if one of my clients gets acquired. Like I have no impact on that. And it's really easy to feel kind of helpless about work-life balance, especially when you're the sole financial provider. And so I said, like, what are the things that I could actually control? And that's where I started thinking, like, I actually am responsible in many ways for my own work-life imbalance by my own behaviors. And I can change some of those things. And that's kind of what, what it came down to. Mm. And, you know, as you're talking, it's like you're talking not only just to men, but you're talking to women as well, because I think so many women really can really, you know, relate to what you're talking about. 
So what are some of the things like when you see people or you hear things that people are doing that, you know, mm, you're going down that road, you shouldn't be, you need to have a little bit more balance. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like one of the things that I did as part of my own work-life balance, you know, journey, if you will, for lack of a better way, is I actually had to define what work-life balance meant to me. And the reason that I, that I say that when I, when I kind of see and look out at what everybody's doing from a work-life balance perspective is like, it's so easy to talk about work-life balance in like a soundbite. And most of us do it. It's like, hey, you know, when someone says, hey, what's your work-life balance? Like, I'm like, well, you know, I want to run my business and I want to be a good parent and a good dad. But like, what the heck does that mean? Like, when you think about like the day-to-day, like the hours and the minutes of every day, that's where I feel the stress of work-life balance. And so I think there are like, I came up with about eight behaviors that we have that in many ways, ironically enough, may have made us successful in one part of the work or the life. But when you think about like, what do you really want your work-life balance to be? You may have to change some of those things. And so that's where I think I found like this vision of what my work-life balance needs to be is really important. And so for, like, for example, for me, you know, I may be a super literalist and I have to admit that sometimes my wife says, you're kind of literal on this. Okay, but that's okay. Um, so like everything I read about work-life balance, they'd always show like a scale. Like they'd always show a, a picture of a scale, which kind of leads you to believe like, should it be balanced? And the reality is work-life balance by nature, that term leads you down the wrong path. It needs to be balanced based upon what you want the balance to be. And that was like such an epiphany for me. And I basically realized, okay, yeah, I'm the sole financial provider. But when I look at the four kids that we have and their various different ages, like there's a lot that needs to be done there. And two of them we're legal guardians for. They're not our own biological children. We, we took that on with my wife. They're, they're her younger brother and sister that we've had for years. And so basically where I'm going with this is like I realized that my work-life balance needed to be 65-35 split on the life side at this point in my life. Maybe 10 years from now, it'll be totally different. And that's kind of the evolving nature of it. But there's like trade-offs to that. I basically had to accept the fact that I can't try to like grow my business 20% every year if I've decided that my balance is 65-35 on the life side. And if I do decide that growing my business is the most important thing, then I have to be okay with the fact that I'm not going to be around for some of the stuff for the kids. I personally wasn't okay with that. So I landed on this notion of saying, well, my business has to go into sustain mode. And I have to be okay with that, which might mean I don't take a new client or I don't try to extend a project as long as I'm meeting a baseline financial need for the family so that I can do all the things on the life side that I've said were important to me. And that's the thing that I found was so important. I I found that most people don't have that conversation about work-life balance. It kind of happens to us. And then we know when it's good or bad, but we haven't like with intentionality figured out what we want it to be to me is what I kind of started doing very differently. That was hugely helpful. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm just like listening to you wondering like, oh, I need to take notes. I need to share this with everybody because I think, like you said, a lot of people, they they see that scale and it's like, okay, it's got to be like 50, 50, 100, 100. But like you're saying, you have to figure out what works for you at the time of your children's, you know, needs, et cetera, your needs, your wife's needs. So that's a really, really great way to look at it. So I guess, James, so what are maybe a couple of things that, for somebody who is really like, okay, you know, I am just burnt out. I don't know what to do, but, you know, I've got to take care of the kids. And mom's living with me now because I've got to take care of her. And, you know, work is just like, you know, the, the boss is like, well, you know, you're hardly ever here. What's not a, so how do you, how does somebody like, okay, what, what can I, a couple of things maybe they can do or think about? 
Yeah. So one of the things that I found, um, and I'll start with them a little bit out of order of what I talked about in the book, but I think it's super important is um, unclear boundaries are like a really big problem. Right. And so it's funny. I used to talk with my dad about this when he was still alive and he used to say like, Hey, back in my era, of course, everybody from there always starts with that. And I'm sure one day I'll start with that. And my kids will be like, dude, you're old. But like, like he used to say like, you know, back in my era, the biggest challenge from a work-life balance perspective was like you, you felt disconnected from everybody because there just wasn't technology that made you like universally accessible. And what was funny is I used to say to him, like the biggest challenge we have right now is like, I'm accessible all the time to everybody which means that all of those natural boundaries between work and life, they almost don't exist anymore. And many of us are actually scared to like put them back in place. Like, so like, and so this, like, am I going to kill my career by saying you can't text me or reach me via email and I'm not going to respond on my cell phone because I have family dinner or I promised that I was going to be coaching my kid's team or that, you know, I'm taking my kids to school every morning and that time from like eight to nine is protected time because I'm going to do that. And so what I found was like, without clear boundaries, the work-life balance thing can feel like total chaos because you got inputs coming in from everybody in all places, like all the time. And if you have a feeble brain like I do, you just can't process that, right? And so like, I just wasn't able to do it and you feel fragmented and you feel like not in control of your life. So I actually implemented what I called like this notion of strict compartmentalization, right? And I literally said, I'm going to see if this works. I'm actually going to like compartmentalize time that's all work, like no interruptions. I'm just going to be focused on work and I'm going to compartmentalize time that's all family and I'm not going to let that bubble be penetrated by work. Even if one of my clients, now I run my own business, so I don't have a quote unquote boss, but every one of my clients is my boss. And mm-hmm. if I start failing them, they say, well, we don't want you to do work for mm-hmm. us anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was worried. I said, look, are my clients going to feel like I'm being non-responsive if I have this four-hour block that I've chosen to be compartmentalized with the family? And something really like ironic came out of it. Despite my fear of reinstituting boundaries that used to be there, like my fear was going to be clients are going to think I'm not responsive. I'm going to get less done because I've actually blocked out like formal time to be fully dedicated to family. I actually found that the reverse happened. I became more efficient. I became more effective in what I was doing. I wasn't trying to multitask, which I was like notoriously horrible at anyway. I wasn't like letting things like distract me from what I was doing. So I was much faster and better at my work. And when I was with the family and the kids, I wasn't thinking about the work that I was going to be doing. Like I was actually fully present in the moment. And it actually made me feel less burned out because I was actually enjoying what I was doing on both ends, right? So I think part of the problem with the boundaries is I don't enjoy anything I'm doing anymore. I'm not enjoying the family time because I'm like getting bombarded at work. I'm not actually enjoying my work because I'm like thinking about all the stuff I should be doing for the family. And when I compartmentalized them, I enjoyed both more. And I actually was better at my job, which made me enjoy my family time more. And it became this like positive like cycle. It was really interesting how that played out. And it wasn't what I expected. It was kind of an experiment. And it worked really well. And and I agree because I don't have children, but I have two godchildren. Right now they're 19 and 23. And I had always made it a point whenever I saw them, the cell phone went away. Yeah. And we would have conversations at the dinner table. And to my surprise, I saw them this weekend. And like I said, they're 19 and 23. And they were like, yeah, Aunt Janet, you know, we really need to spend time together. And it just made me feel really good that they're at that age in their lives where they're in college, driving, doing all that stuff, that they still yeah. want to spend time with me. So there's yeah. all these benefits, like you said, and just doing those compartmentalizing those times. And yeah. I agree. 
I'm the same way. When I do like four, six hours of just straight work and nothing else, oh, yeah, you can be very productive. Very oh, my gosh. Yeah, super efficient. And then I actually did it even something even crazier for those of us that have kids. Like a lot of us, at least I used to go about the way I would do it, is I'd say, look, I'm going to get my work done first, and then I'm going to compartmentalize time for the kids. I actually flipped it. I said, you know what, I'm going to focus on the stuff that I want to do for the family first, and then I'm going to do my work. And some people would be like, like, what are you doing? Like, that's just crazy. But what it allowed for me to do is do my work without guilt. Because I, when I was working, I wasn't thinking about, like, I got to get this done so I can get to the family stuff. I already did the family stuff. I did family breakfast. I took the kids to school. I was an active part of their day. Now let's go crank on the work, and I, I don't have to feel guilty about it. And then I come back and do the family stuff. So it was a really interesting, like, almost like counterintuitive result of flipping the situation around. Mm. Wow, James, this has been like an awesome, awesome interview. You just shared so much stuff. And, of course, you know, like I said, I got your book right here. <laughs> I love your book. So um, I guess I always ask listeners, like, is there like a an app, a tip, or something that can help the listeners, you know, just stay a little bit more organized? You know, we're in spring, and so spring forward, spring cleaning, spring organizing, yeah. So you know what I do? And this is funny, you know, it's funny. There's apps out there now that like help you know how much time you're spending on your technology, which is interesting. Like there's a technology app to help you reduce your use of technology. <laughs> like, I find that interesting and ironic, but you know, I'm like an old schooler in this regard. So what I do is I actually, um, I like draw out my calendar um, for the week at the beginning of every week. And I literally map out where my compartmentalized times are going to be. And one of the things I've also learned to do is I anticipate an extra 50% of how long I think something's going to take as part of what I build into that calendar so that I create buffer for myself. Because one of the things that I was realizing is I had no buffer time originally, and then you chase your tail around and it feels very, very frantic. So I'm an old school guy. I literally will literally draw out my calendar with buffer built into it, and that time is not negotiable. I don't ever let the buffer zone get penetrated with other stuff, even though it's easy to do that. And then that allows for me to like feel like I have the right amount of time as I compartmentalize what I'm doing. The other thing that I do is I actually only focus on what I call mission critical things every day. And I used to have very long lists and I was notoriously actually good at getting all of my 27 things done every day. Although I'm not sure like I remembered half of them because it was all about just getting it done. I'm like, what's the point of that? So I actually came up with this notion of like mission critical things only. And I choose three mission critical things for work and three mission critical things for life. And that's all I'm doing that day. Even if I have more time and I end up being able to, quote, unquote, fill in more space, I choose not to. Um, and I found what's interesting about that is it lets me actually, like, be all in on what I'm doing because I'm not contemplating the other 18 things that I'm trying to get done. It keeps me organized, and it actually makes me think about what's really important versus what would I like to do. And it's been super helpful, and my business hasn't suffered, and the family time has only gotten better because I've actually forced myself to prioritize life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that helps or not, but that's kind of how I think about it. Oh yeah, that's help. That's if it doesn't help the listeners, it's helping me. <laughs> I always, <laughs> I always love nuggets like that. So James, how can people connect with you, get get a copy of your book? And you know, it's you know, graduation time is is, is near Mother's Day, Father's Day. Hey, Father's Day, because this is written by a dad. Um, yeah, how go. can I get a copy of your book? Yeah, they can. Uh, there's a couple of places. It's available on Amazon, or they can go to my website, which is just my name, James Sudikow, and then you can interact with me with on all the typical social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the all the usual suspects. 
And, of course, listeners, you know, I will have a direct link to James's website on the show page. So, James, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with my listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Well, listeners, wasn't that a very, very informative interview full of nuggets? And, I mean, there were so many that, but before I go over that, I just wanted to make sure that our sponsor, Audible, lets you know, is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. And all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash get organized and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. You download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. That's audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. And my audiobook selection for this week is Methods to Cure Procrastination, Bad Productivity and Poor Time Management. Again, Methods to Cure Procrastination, Bad Productivity and Poor Time Management. And, of course, if you follow me via social media, you will see the book as well as a link on my free Fridays on all of my social media. But one of the things that I want you to take away from James's interview is one, of course, about the balance, but also about the buffer time. Did you hear him say that he adds about 50% time in his schedule? So if you are taking on a new project and you're not sure about how much time it's going to take you to complete it, add double the time. So if you think something's going to take 30 minutes, add an hour. If you think something's going to be an hour, add two hours. Because if it only takes you an hour and a half, you're not going to be frustrated because you've got 30 minutes extra. So remember that, 50% buffer time. So this week, I am offering my Power Keys package. I am going to add another hour. Now, you know the Power Keys package, you get two hours sessions with me, plus you get the e-course for $59. But this week, because I am feeling generous and I want to help you move forward with your spring cleaning projects, I'm offering three hours. So this is for a limited time only, so make sure you get in. Again, it is three hours for the $59 instead of the two. I'm going to have a link on this show page. So it is the Power Keys Package. You're taking power over the clutter and the disorganization in your home as well as in your life. So be sure to check the link on the show page. And now to Taylor's tip time. We're talking about time management. So number one. Always plan your week, whether you do it Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Plan your coming week. Number two, plan the night before. Pack your bag. Make sure you know where your keys are. Pack your lunch. Make sure you prep your meals. Number three, use a tool that works for you, whether you use an online calendar or a physical calendar. Use something that will work for you and will help you be on top of all your appointments as well as your schedule so you're not overbooking yourself. Number four, make sure you schedule time for fun. And number five, make sure you schedule time for rest because sometimes we're so busy checking things off the list, we don't schedule time just to prop our feet up 
and rest. So those are my quick little things from my Taylor's Tip time. I want to say thank you. Thank you for following me on social media, for your likes, your retweets, your sharing. Please continue to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And, of course, check out my Pinterest page. And this week, check out my Pinterest board, All About the Time. It's all about time. So it will give you some strategies, some tips, some resources, some information on how to manage your time. Well, today is Monday, and you know what tomorrow is. It is Toss It Tuesday. So tomorrow, because we're talking about time management, I want you to look at your calendar and remove items from your schedule that drain your time, that drain your energy, and you know what they are. I don't have to go on an explanation. You know, you can tell you get this, the little, you know, the stressful feeling in the back of your neck. You feel so overwhelmed because of all the things you're doing. You know, today someone called me and said, Janet, somebody may be calling you to work on a committee. And I was so thankful for that because I know my answer is going to be no because people know N-O is a complete sentence. Sometimes you just have to say no. You have to, and that's why it's important to have your goals, your plans written out and in front of you because if things are going to take you away from those goals and those plans, then you need to say no. And sometimes saying no is I'm not saying no forever. I'm just saying no right now because there are things on my agenda that I need to take care of. So always remember that as well. And, of course, you know, with technology, I got disconnected. But with a few minutes, I apologize. Anyway. We talked about our Toss It Tuesday. My app suggestion for the week is Trillo, and it is a software. It's a platform that allows you to organize your projects, so check it out. And then, of course, my repurpose suggestion for this week is using items that you already own, you know, like books, shoes, toys, clothes, and using them and repurposing them so you can create things in your home and in your space to help you be more organized. And then, of course, my product suggestion for this week is the My Body Passport that will really help you organize your medical history, all your test results, all your appointments, all the things you need to know from the top of your head to, to the bottom of your feet. You know, I have everything down there. Of course, you know, I wear contacts, so I have all of those, that information, my blood type, all of my tests. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes we can't remember the test results or we just can't even remember certain important information about our health history. So the My Body Passport. So please check that out. My quote for the week is, don't let the fear of the time it will take to accomplish something stand in the way of you doing it. The time will pass away. We might just as well put that passing time to the best possible use. Again, to accomplish something, stand in the way of you doing it. The time will pass away. We might just as well put that passing time to the best possible use. And that's Earl Knight and Gale. So, of course, over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about moving. I'm going to be talking about moving from your home 
to a new home, moving from one office to another, and then downsizing. So since so many people seem to be moving, and this seems to be a very popular month to move, I wanted to share that with you. And, of course, I'm working on ideas for May. And, again, I'm sorry for that little technical difficulty there, but sometimes those things happen. And I just thank all of you who have been hanging in with me for all these years, and you've just stuck it out with all of my little technical difficulties. So I appreciate you. But, of course, I always want you to make sure that you share this podcast with your family, your friends, your social media. You know, please visit my website at JanetMTaylor.com. Make sure you check the show page so that you can take advantage of the Power Keys package where I give three hours, three virtual hours with me for $59. And, of course, you know, I want you to have a clutter-free day and an organized week. So I truly thank you so much for tuning in. Organization is a quintessential element to a clutter-free life. Join me as we take this journey together. Along the way, we will find the necessary answers to solve your organizing dilemma. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and you are tuned in to Got Clutter? Get Organized. 